Welcome into Inside the Pylon, the Quick Kicks podcast for Tuesday, February 16th. Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield here, and yesterday we had talked a little bit about combine snubs as well as some of our underrated players uh, heading into the NFL draft. We also touched on uh, our Supreme Court justice picks coming out of the NFL, which if that is not the, uh, you know, kind of where this country is heading, well, I don't know what to say to you. I think we put some pretty good picks up there, but people may not agree with us. Mark, today we have, uh, we're going to be touching on free agency. Free agency? Yeah, we're going to we're going to do a little bit of free agency. We're still uh what about 3 weeks away. I believe it's March 9th is when free agency opens this year. But obviously teams are in 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 the mode where they're trying to figure out who can I address? What what problems can I address in free agency so I don't have to deal with them in the draft? And I thought today instead of talking about look, who we all know that there's going to be a number of players that end up making 10, 12, 14 million dollars a year. But I thought today we could look at some under-the-radar guys who they may not get the biggest contract uh, from a team, but maybe it's a signing like the Patriots had with Jabal Sheard last year. Little two-year deal ends up being an incredibly productive player for the Patriots. Those types of deals are what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, that sounds like a good place to start. I mean, you know... Everybody obviously thinks about and fantasizes about signing the big free agent for their team, but it's those underrated, under the radar signings that you know build out the roster. Sometimes fill out the back end of a roster that play a big role in you know November, December when injuries mount and you need guys to step up and make plays for your team. Yeah, so I, I guess in terms of uh, number one guy that I have here uh, is a guy that we talked about. I want to say it was towards the end of the year. And guy from the Arizona Cardinals this year, and that's Dwight Freeney. And right. Dwight Freeney, I think, you know, clearly showed that, look, he's not the kind of guy who can go out and play 50, 60, 70 snaps a game anymore. Simply can't do it. And obviously, no one expects him to. But as a situational pass rusher where he can go out and give you 20, 25 snaps a game somewhere in that ballpark, he's still a guy that has that killer spin move, still has the ability to get pressure on a quarterback. And I think for a contending team that needs uh, you know, a third or fourth edge rusher just to provide a little bit of pressure and not do a whole lot else, I think he's a guy that can fill a role on any type of team like that. Yeah, and we actually talked about him on one of our podcasts in the season. That, that there was that um, Vikings game where he basically had a game-ending sack of Teddy Bridgewater, yep. and we talked about how teams need a guy that can, you know, give you a little bit down the stretch, a veteran presence like him. So, I mean, I think that's a really good a good name. Um, looking at the list, one name that jumps out at me at the wide receiver spot is Travis Benjamin, the wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. Um, Really had a quiet sort of start to his career. I mean, only really, he started three games in 2012, three games in 2013, no starts in 2014. Started 15 games last year for Cleveland, caught 68 passes for almost 1,000 yards and five TDs, playing for Cleveland with a rather unsettled you know, quarterback position, but showed some ability to stretch the field vertically. Um, good change of direction, I think, for a team that's looking not for, you know, your number one wide receiver, but a nice solid number two or even a number three or a team that's loaded at the wide receiver position. He's a nice little option, I think. Yeah, he's, you know, he's definitely a guy who, especially, you look at what he's had to deal with at the quarterback position. 
you know, just, just not having a ton of consistency there as well. So you say, okay, we get him in a situation with a stable offense, stable offensive coordinator, stable quarterback. You know, you, you look at him as a guy who can provide some upside there. Another guy who I think, uh, this coming out of the tight end position, uh, Dwayne Allen out of yeah. uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, yep. You know, hasn't been asked to do a ton in the passing game. Very good run blocker. Uh, capable in the passing game when he has been called upon, really hasn't been in the last few years. His rookie year, I believe, in 2012 was his biggest year receiving. I think he had, it was somewhere around 45 or 50 catches during that season there, and since then hasn't really been used a whole lot in that role. Pretty much missed a lot of the 2013 season due to injury, I believe. But he's a guy that you look at him and say, okay, this is a kid who is, I think, going to be 26 years old heading into this year, still has a lot of football ball ahead of him here and certainly you put him in an offense and say okay he can deal with things in the running game no problem and maybe gives me some options as a second tight end uh to compliment someone else there yeah i mean i think uh there are a number of tight ends i mean alan is definitely one guy that jumps out at me another couple of guys that at the tight end spot rob Hausler, he's had some injuries that he's been dealing with um hasn't seen the field a lot over the past two seasons but he's a guy that's a you know a capable blocker as well as a receiving threat at the tight end position logan paulson he's a guy that's more of a your you know third tight end blocking type but again when you're talking about a sign-in to help build out that back end of the roster. He's a good short yardage receiving threat, sort of in red zone situations, goal line situations, you know, fourth and short situations. He's another guy, I think, that he'll fly under the radar, but a team might need a big play in November, and that could be the guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, when I when I continue to go through the list uh, of the available guys here, and again, not talking about guys who are going to, you know, necessarily – uh, light it up and be you know stars and, and win big contracts here. But I talk about a guy like uh, you know Darius Hayward Bay is a receiver yep. who I think a lot of people when he was out in Oakland probably was miscast just because of when he was drafted uh, and and the expectations that came with you know how fast his forty time was and so forth. But Darius Hayward Bay this year showed that look when you put him in the proper role, which is not as a first option or even necessarily a second option, but when you say look. Give me a reliable uh, third option on an offense. Prove that he could do some damage in that role. And I think he's a guy that if you're looking to build out just some depth in the receiving core, you say, look, I know he's not going to be a number one. He can't handle those responsibilities. But if I want to build some depth and give my team uh, the ability to have a guy, yeah, Definitely has the speed there, has pretty good height at about about 6'2". You know, he's a guy that can give you a little bit of size and speed, uh, you know, and I think he could be a guy that ends up being a good option, you know, just to pick up, you know, in that 30 to 40 catches range uh, when it's all said and done here. Yeah, I think that's, you know, again, uh, he had a great year for Pittsburgh. I mean... And, you know, really show that he can contribute to that offense. And, again, looking to, like, fill out that wide receiver position, add another option. I think he's a good choice. Looking at the other side of the ball, looking specifically at the safety spot, Hussein Abdullah, the safety for the Kansas City Chiefs, can play sort of down in the box, can also be, you know, single high safety situations. He's a player that I've kind of grown to really like, and it stems back to that Monday night game 
two seasons ago now, that yep. New England debacle where Hussein Abdullah had a fantastic game and got to break down that tape and then been watching him ever since. He's a guy that, you know, he's not the premier safety in this free agent class. I think Eric Waddell is that guy. But somebody's going to get their hands on him and really – shore up the back end of their defense if they sign him well that Chiefs team has a number of uh free agents on their defense right I think isn't Barry's a free agent I believe I Sean Smith's a free agent yeah it's um Barry's a free agent so that's both their starting safeties are free agents in this class yeah so you you've got you got to figure they're gonna end up signing one but you know you probably do end up with someone else uh, still on the market now. I wonder. Here's a question for uh, for you in terms of uh, running backs. What do you think about James Starks coming out of Green Bay? That's an interesting option. I mean, the Green Bay is going to have to make a decision though with Eddie Lacy and James Starks. I mean, do they let Starks walk? You think? Well, I don't know because Lacy obviously you talk about what he was able to do this year, and clearly uh, whether because of health reasons, just you know weight reasons, whatever it was, was not able to get on the field or stay on the field uh, as frequently as Green Bay would have liked. So you wonder if they say, "Look, we want to make Starks a priority here," but otherwise, you know, he's a guy who I think could step into uh, a number of teams. And you talk about a guy who's got good size, you know, you know. Doesn't have a ton of wiggle, but just a, a capable downhill runner here. He's a guy, I think, that maybe someone picks him up on. Not necessarily a bargain deal. You're not going to find him you know, at a, at a veteran minimum uh, type salary. But maybe you grab him for somewhere in the range of you know, two years, six million, three years, nine or ten million, something like that. Yeah, and plus the thing with Starks is he doesn't have a lot of mileage on him. I mean, no, he doesn't. You know, he in 2011 he had 133 carries and then 148 last year, but since then it was 71, 89, 85, 29 his rookie season. I mean, so he's got, you know, some got a lot of tread left on those tires, I guess. Yeah, so he's a guy that I think uh, you know, maybe you look and say, "Okay, is he someone uh, you know, I almost wonder if a team like the Patriots kicks the tires on a guy like him." He, yeah, I mean, he, more, he, he might be out of their price range for what they want to do, though. Right. I mean, New England typically doesn't go after big name running backs. I mean, people right now are talking, oh, Matt Forte to the Patriots. That would stun me. I mean, that's just kind of not what they do. I mean, you look at the free agent list of running backs. I mean, yeah. there are names that I'd see coming to New England well before them. I mean, Matt Asiata, for one. I mean, a guy that backed up Adrian Peterson, saw some time when Peterson was suspended. Um, Traveris Cadet is a guy that New England already signed. Let yep. him go. Um, Stephon Ridley. I mean, there's a name from the past if you're talking about the Patriots. Yeah, you know, you, you talk about that and say, okay, maybe do they end up going back in that direction? I, I, I would imagine Bill Belichick might have been fed up with the fumbles at a certain point. Uh, but maybe you say, okay, is he someone uh, that ends up going back towards the Patriots here? Um, just going through the list, who else do we have out there? Uh, you know, when, when I take a look at some of the, uh, some of the kickers that are available, here we okay. go. <laughs> we had to do this, didn't we? Yeah, of course. Didn't Adam Terry right there. Well, I, so <laughs> if he's not on the Supreme court though, right? Well, if, if he doesn't get that Supreme court confirmation, which look, I think he should be pretty much golden. He's a North Dakota boy. So you got that rock solid Midwest values. I think he's a guy, you know, who could get easy nomination, but, uh, you know, and, and I wonder if if the Ravens end up bringing back Justin Tucker, if he's a guy that maybe they take the Bill Belichick route and franchise him just to keep him in there. But Justin Tucker's a guy you don't have to pay a ton, obviously, because he's a kicker. But he's a he's a guy that you know you're talking about probably one of the 
two or three best guys out there in the game today you know he could easily wind up switching teams just for a couple million dollars here that's something that i think you got to watch for i mean there are you know, a couple of pretty good punters on this free agency list too. Nortman from uh, Carolina. Nortman out from there. Carolina. He's got a big leg. Um, um, I'm trying to see who Kane. else is there. Marquette Kane. Yep. From the Raiders. Yep. Uh, Shane um, Shane Leckler, who even Leckler. though he's kind of past his prime now, still has a big leg. Not and great. one of your personal faves, John Ryan. John Ryan's a free agent. I didn't realize yep. that. Yeah. I did not. Re- Let me tell you, any team that ends up with Ryan is going to be uh, pretty happy with him. He's, you know, he doesn't have quite, and maybe it's the, the Seattle scheme more than anything else where they don't run a ton of different things on their punt coverage. Uh, so he, he's pretty much locked into a couple kicks with how he's been kicking the last couple of years. But he's a guy that I think any team uh, would be happy to end up with uh, if he did wind up switching teams here. Um Let's see what we got. A couple minutes left here. Is it, is it Twitter question time, Mark? I think it's Twitter question time. What do we got? All right, I've got a good one for you. <sighs> oh boy, I've got a good one. This one comes from uh, Mike Backherms. Mike. This one comes from Mike. Uh, the uh, Twitter handle is Mike underscore Backherms, and Mike's question is: How much do you knock a guy for trying to pull off a man bun? Okay, do you lower his grade a round or two? Or do you completely take him off the board? Mark, I'm going to let you go first on this. Yeah, and I think we need to lay a little context for this because it kind of sounds like it's coming out of nowhere. But there's really a backstory to this, which is <laughs> John Ledyard, who um, draft wire at USA Today, he's to, to steal from Men and Blazers. He is an FOP, friend of Pylon. Um, he wrote an article over the Valentine's Day weekend about his draft man crushes. One of them on the list is a guy that we've talked about, Dan Vitale, the super back you know, tight end, fullback, H-back yep. kind of guy for yep. Northwestern. Um, so he had included them. I quote tweeted that article that when John had put it on Twitter, basically said, you know, it's always nice to see Dan get some love. Right after that, another FOP, Trevor Sakema, pointed out that he has the man bun, to which, you know, that kind of floored me. And I kind of, you know, was taken aback by a bit because, you know, man bun, it's, it's not my thing. I couldn't pull it off. Um, so then Mike, you know, put out Mike, also an FOP, friend of Pylon, put out this question. And I guess the approach that I'm looking at it, having given it some thought, I almost move a guy up around. I move him up too. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I mean, if you've got the confidence in yourself to pull off the man bun, you're, you're a confident guy. You believe in your talent. You believe in who you are. You know, that's a guy I want on my team. More importantly, I want to talk about what this means to me personally. I'm, I'm a guy who is follically challenged, was follically challenged at the ripe old age of 26. Okay, oh, okay. The, the man bun for me was probably out of uh, out of the question somewhere around age 21 or 22. Okay, and what's been so difficult in my life is one of the great challenges I faced is the fact that I had this phenomenal head of hair back in uh, high school. And and when I say phenomenal, like I'll I'll put a picture up uh, later actually. Oh boy, just so that you can see exactly what I was working with because it was spectacular. I mean, we're talking. It was it was really something special. Okay, we're talking you know a little less than shoulder length, but nice flow, great curls on it. You know, real nice and bushy. Everything was just working. The girls were swooning. The guys were wanting to be me. It was the whole thing, and and then it fell apart. Then it just fell to pieces. It. <sighs> there were some tough days there, man. I'm sorry to hear, it, brother. That doesn't sound that doesn't so, sound fun at all. 
for the for the man bun, you know, I, I moved that up at least a couple rounds just because to me that says something, you know, just about what a guy is able to do. What you know, again, as he said, the confidence he has in his ability to do anything and be his own man. I love it. I love, I love it. it too. I mean, and I'm not just saying this because it's Dan Vitale who, again, you know, we're big fans of. I mean, if you were to tell me, you know, right now that there's a quarterback that I was low on but was rocking a man bun, he instantly gets bumped up a round or two, I think. So if Wentz has the man bun, he goes number one, no doubt. If Wentz has if you if Wentz shows up to the combine with a man bun, that's not just QB one, that's player one, people. Okay? So Let's be honest here. So, so that's that's you're taking him, you know, over Aaron Rodgers in a straight up fantasy draft to the NFL. <sighs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm just talking 2016 draft class. But I mean, what? Okay, what current NFL player would you most want to see rock a man bun? Uh, John Ryan. Really? Well, jo- John Ryan. Keep, I think it would be phenomenal. John Ryan keeps his hair pretty close right now. Okay, he's got a nice, you know, full red head of hair, but it would be phenomenal if that was just out in a man bun. Nice. Oh, that would be spectacular. What are the odds, and since this is a guy that does something like this every offseason, that we start to see pictures surfacing from Carnival of Tom Brady rocking a man bun? Didn't he already have one did back he, in... That, that, as I was saying that, I was like, wait, did he even do this already? I think he already did that back in... Wasn't that back in like 07 or 08 when he had the flow going on and him and Julian Edelman both had the long hair together and everything? Like right when the just, bromance started? Yes, there are actually... He actually did it. Yeah, there are pictures right now of Brady dropping back, working out, rocking a man bun. Actually, no, you, I, ch- I changed my mind. You know who I'd like to see with a man bun? Oh. Hasselbeck. Oh, that's... <laughs> come on, man. What, from one bald guy to another, you can say that. I guess. I, yeah, I guess you can do that, right? You know? You can do that. You can totally do that. It's just like you can say what you want about quarterbacks. I can say what I want about bald guys. Okay. Fair enough. Rob Ryan. I feel like Rob Ryan's probably done it at some point. We just probably don't have. Has. We just don't have the photo. He probably evidence. just just did it during Mardi Gras down in New Orleans. You know he's back down there for that. Oh, he's got to be. Yeah. He's got to be. So, in any case, I think uh, the vote from ITP is pretty much unanimous. Man bun is a major positive. It's a not positive. A major it's negative. Not a negative. It gets people bumped up a round or two. Maybe Come three. On. Maybe three. Maybe three. Depends on the position. You know, we got to talk. It, this is kind of gets into the whole value chart. It depends on this the position. This is true. I mean, if it's a quarterback, they get overvalued anyway. So you're probably only really talking one round. But if you're like you well, know, a fullback. Yeah, as you said, Vitaly, that could be a three-round swing for him. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that might go fourth round. He's probably going day one now with a man bun. Well, I mean, honestly, I'm hearing rumors now that because of this, he might be. Seriously, Cleveland's already on the clock now. They're thinking, <laughs> you know, damn Vitaly, number two. Uh, Cleveland is very interested in Vitaly at two now. Yeah, Anyways, man bun. <laughs> that is all the time we have today, folks. Hopefully you have learned that the man bun is probably the most important thing. Adjust your boards accordingly, people. Adjust. Uh, listen, there's a lot of adjusting that's going to go on if the man bun really takes off here. We are out of time today, though. We do have our full-length podcast coming up tomorrow. Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield for the ITP Quick Kicks podcast. We will see you Wednesday. Wednesday.